0: Welcome to the Sports Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Lure, and I probably should say welcome to the eSports Entrepreneurs Podcast today. I'm thrilled to have someone highly experienced and a legend, in a sense, in the industry, Mr. Rahul Soot on the line from Seattle. Good morning, Rahul.
1: Good morning. How are you doing?
0: Good. It's Well, it's evening for you there, but it's morning here in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. Um, and uh, now I'm, I'm looking forward to having my first eSports conversation here. Uh, but before we get there, uh, we'll have a little bit to go. Um, and as usual, let me quickly introduce yourself to, our, to the audience here. Uh, you're the founder of Voodoo PC, and uh, we'll dig deep into the amazing stories there. Um, you also spent several years at Microsoft Ventures. Uh, I believe you helped start um, that part of the company at that time, working with uh, Steve Ballmer. And of course, you are the co-founder of Unicorn uh, together with my buddy Carl. And uh, that's really where we're going to finishing up the conversation. So, you've you know from what I can see, you are a gamer at heart um, and truly a very successful entrepreneur in the world of, um, I guess, computers, esports, e-gaming, and, uh, and this is really what this conversation is all about. So let's kick it off, and uh, I'm sure many interviews will ask you the same question. Please tell us how Voodoo PC got started. Um, I read, you pretty much came straight out of high school with your credit card, um, but I wanna hear your side of the story.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what happened. Uh, I, I was, it was a long time ago and it was back when, um, you know, computers were very much a a commodity and they were very boring. Um, and there was nothing really designed for gaming. And, um, I just, I like playing video games then, and I like building my own PCs and, um, and that's how it started. It basically started with, with me building PCs out of a, you know, a, a garage somewhere, uh, and then I hired a friend of mine and, um, and, you know, over time, this company just took off and it became a, uh, a global brand. We had a really great team. Um, you know, we were, we were competing with the largest companies in the world and, and, uh, we had, um, multiple companies trying to court us at one point in time and we ended up selling it to HP, um, which is where the, uh, the omen came from. Uh, the, the omen came from voodoo originally and, uh they've now revived it as the HP Omen brand, okay. um, which, which I guess is okay, you know, but, uh, it's, it's not the outcome that I would have wanted. Uh, but it was, you know, it was, it was a good, uh, it was a good experience, you know, sold the company and we did really well. And I think, you know, that's, that's what happened. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah and I uh, and I love you to uh to maybe touch on that a little more um you know selling a business especially when you build you know how did that feel you know what 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 was the sort of the emotions you had was it like great i made a lot of money and that's fantastic or um it was more like oh i'm giving up my baby here
1: yeah it was more like um you know it was a great feeling at first you know you figured that uh the management uh, aligns with what you want to do and you know we had a plan to go forward uh, but then, you know, you, you learn very quickly that big companies don't operate, you know, the same as a startup does and their mentality is completely different. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was my first, you know, real job, to be mm-hmm. honest, uh, <clears throat> working at HP as a CTO, uh, was, you know, the first time I actually worked for someone else, um, you know, at a scale and, uh, it was a good experience overall, you know, I learned a lot. I, I learned what, uh, you know what it takes to work inside of a big organization um i never thought i would go back to a large company again i mean after you know after three years of being under contract with hp i was just dying to get out and uh and i did get out um and i was i was involved in a couple of startups but it turns out that i decided uh you know to join microsoft it was a it was kind of a you know a, a fluke situation but it was a really interesting offer so um, i decided to join microsoft eventually.
0: Yeah, yeah so, so tell us a bit about Microsoft. I mean, you know, we all everyone knows who that is, and uh, and I believe you started the the sort of the venture side of it um, with a certain amount of but you know budget and funding in place. And um, tell us some stories there. You know, how did that start? Yeah. And and you know, working with uh, I guess uh, Steve Ballmer at that time. I don't know, you know, uh, who else. Uh, Well,
1: I mean, you know, um, obviously Satya Nadella was still there and he was one of the presidents in the company. And, um, I, I was, uh, tasked to start a venture fund. I actually pitched a venture fund for startups, which was the Bing fund Mm -hmm. and originally in Bing. Um, and, uh, and it's, it started to gain in popularity. Um, so I was asked by Satya Nadella to come up with a plan for all of Microsoft. And that's where we came up with a plan for Microsoft ventures and, um, you know, and got permission to go make it happen. So it was a cool run. It was a great experience, you know, starting out a, a venture fund from, uh, you know, from a, a small team in, in Seattle. Uh, we built accelerators around the world. Um, we helped startups to get their first round of funding. And then mainly what they cared about was connecting with large customers. So it was a really great experience for these startups. And one of the startups that we invested in was, uh, was where I met Carl. You know, Flora is my business partner in Unicorn, so it's yeah. pretty interesting uh, run, that's for sure.
0: Right. Um, now, again, uh, being back into a now a very large company, of course, you know, it's you know tr- or close to a trillion dollar business, um, and uh, but having your sort of, I guess, your own playground, that's you know uh, what excited you and attracted you to it. Um, what, how did it work? I mean, it's just like, here's some money, Rahul, and go go spend it and, and find, some, find some startups and have some, you know, build. The, so what was the real remit you had? Um, anything which links to the Microsoft ecosystem or what was the real strategy behind it?
1: Look, the real strategy was to help the startup ecosystem build and grow. Um, and, you know, for us, it was um, help them build and grow and help them connect to Microsoft customers. So basically help Microsoft's largest customers innovate. And and that was it. Um, It was uh, it was a really cool you know program. There was no requirements for us to sell people on Microsoft software. We just did. You know it just happened to work out that way. You know they 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 they, they, these startups had no idea what you know the stuff that we had, and we made it available to them. And you know they adopted it. So it was really it was a really good program. Um, You know one of the. One of the amazing things about this, this, this business was we were able to travel the world and meet with startup ecosystems, you know, in different countries, um, right. you know, whether it was that, uh, you know, Israel, India, China, Germany, I mean, Russia, like everywhere we were. It was it was awesome. So it was mm-hmm. a good experience. Very fun job.
0: Yeah. And uh, anyway, and I'd say, is there a name, big name which you 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 uncovered, and now everyone would recognize them as a brand, or um, what? Where are those sort of starts startups? What sort of levels are they?
1: Um, well, there's there's probably quite a few. M- many of them are in China. You know, there was uh, I mean, there there was companies that got on the, the 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 BizSpark program that became very large. Like for example, Bittrex, It's a large um, exchange based in Seattle. Yeah. Um these guys were one of the largest growing or fastest growing startups in the world at one point, um, you know, and, and now they're probably, you know, the, the largest user or where it was the largest user of Azure, you know, on earth at some point in time. So, you know, there, there's some interesting companies that have come out of it. Uh, there's many failures, you know, of course, that's just the startup world, but, yeah. um, but, you know, overall uh, when I left their the portfolio was worth somewhere around four and a half billion dollars wow. um, and we barely put in, you know, like twenty five million into it, I think. So it was what? it was pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was just yeah. gonna say, what? How much money do you? So, uh, but when you started, how how big was the the fund at that time?
1: It was it was tiny. Like we we basically worked off of the balance sheet, so it wasn't like we had a you know a large fund. Right. It was more about um, just connecting these startups, helping them build and grow, and then connecting them to venture capital. Right. So right. yeah,
0: mm. awesome. Yeah. Well, so and so, that, I guess that's how you you get to know Carl, and uh, you guys are buddied up there. Um, in Microsoft, were you still already looking at esports or e-gaming at all, or this was really completely other areas of of the business?
1: Um, so, w- well, I mean, yeah, we were looking at trends, and one of the, you know, I, I was involved in a in a betting company a long time ago um, called PlayAll that I started with a friend of mine based in Germany. Um, and it was a, it was a platform that let people play games like call of duty against each other for money, games of skill. Okay. And, and Carl is from Australia. Um, you know, he likes to gamble uh, on sports, like everybody in Australia likes to bet. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and he's also a great gamer. And we we're just chatting about this, this concept of this company that, that I was involved with years ago. And, you know, he was ta- talking about the growth of esports and how big it is. And you know, he said, we should just go start something. Um, and, and so what I did was I contacted the, the guy that I started play all with, uh, Daniel Rudolph, our CTO. Yeah. And the three of us got on the phone and just hashed it out and said, you know, let's, let's go make this happen. And we did, um, you know, in, in November of 2014, I, well, in October of 2014, I announced I was leaving Microsoft in, in November, we started unicorn and, you know, eight days later, uh, I was on CNBC and we raised, um, you know, uh, like within a few months, $10 million. So it was, it was great. Yeah. Uh,
0: yes. And I, I know you have some illustrious uh, shareholders there. Maybe just uh, rattle off a bit uh, the name there. That's always, uh, you know, sound, quite sound sexy.
1: Uh, well, you know, we've got people like um, Ashton Kutcher and Mark Cuban and Sherry Redstone, Liz Murdoch, um, Tabcorp. It's one of the largest uh, gambling companies in Australia or the largest. Um, And then there's a number of others, you know, that prefer not to be named, but there's, (laughs) you know, know, larger funds and things like that 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 got involved. Um, And, uh, you know... How do you believe
0: you attracted them? Is it just because of your great track record, you know, with with Voodoo and, of course, Microsoft that they knew you already? Or how how did you... you
1: it was a combination of things. I mean, Carl and I worked, you know, day and night on this. Um, mm. you know, we, we, we walked the streets of San Francisco and, you know, we met a lot of people along the way. I mean, we both did heavy lifting on this, uh, on the story of unicorn and putting it all together. Um, and so it was a combination of things. It was basically, you know, a snowball effect, you know, once somebody else came in and, you know, more people wanted in and it got to a point where we couldn't let anybody else in. So it was pretty cool. Mm
0: that sounds yeah. like it yeah and then you did something else which i which i personally think is very cool because you then uh, you did an ico um you created the uni token uh, or uni coin sorry um and uh, and you raised i believe another 30 million dollars there which is sort of what i tried to with uh, with our project with our sports fix product which unfortunately didn't work so well tell me talk me through that because i know the crazy days of icos in the in 2017 and 18 um, I guess you found that you had a nice little sweet spot. Uh, talk me through that a bit more.
1: Yeah, so um, so the uh, the the unicorn created the unicorn in 2015, actually. Okay. Um, and, and and the reason we created this coin uh, was because we wanted people to have access to um, uh, you know our platform. Uh, that weren't necessarily in an area where you know gambling was um was regulated so mm. you know so we created this free coin right. uh where people could play for free um and they could uh you know and they could you know they, they could basically earn these coins and and use them on the you know use them on the platform uh anywhere in the world and for us it was about you know building community Getting people, you know, using the platform, and then eventually, when we got a license, we would pop them on to real money betting and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. and so the, the the popularity of the Unicoin was was pretty, um, you know, was 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 pretty big. Um. And uh, and so in 2017, we decided to create uh, the crypto version of that coin. Right. Uh, that was Unicoin Gold. And and so we effectively just moved customers over from this free coin to this coin that they could. They could buy and trade on other platforms because many of them just wanted you know more um, ways of using it Um, and so so that was it that that was really you know the 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 reason that we did this
0: really i i I like that and now at the time when you first launched it was it already on blockchain was blockchain any had part of it or nothing to do with it it was just a regular token
1: yeah it was just a regular internal token um and uh you know we we decided to build on blockchain because we, we wanted so in, in our business in the gambling business it's very challenging um, uh, the payments uh, you know the like dealing with payment processors and things like that so f- blockchain for us was about making payments more accessible um, and uh, and and so we we did that we, we, we launched on blockchain and we made this thing you know super accessible um, easy to use uh, and we and we we now accept multiple cryptocurrencies on the platform along with you know dollars as well like we'll accept US dollars and euros and things like that right. but we just wanted to give customers more ways to pay yeah yeah
0: you know and and i well again maybe the the, the question is a little loaded here but uh you know using a, a cryptocurrency obviously also goes a bit around regulators um you know who like to get their fingers into the pie when it comes to using their currency uh, was that part of it in a sense, or
1: no, not not, not at all. In fact, um, for us, using cryptocurrency is about uh, making it more transparent for regulators. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're we're like the first company in the world to be able to get a license from the Isle of Man for uh, you know an international gaming license for cryptocurrency on sports, esports, online casino, um, and skill betting. Um, and they gave us that license because of our compliance. So so we really care about compliance um, and we care about things like K- KYC and a- anti-money laundering and things like that. So we, we put a lot of thought into this uh, before we, you know, before we went live. Right, right. Yeah, no, it, it definitely looks like it. Uh, now – Let's, let's start, go
0: a little back, you know, talk people through really what is Unicorn. I mean, the idea of betting on eSports, um, I have to admit, when I first thought of it, it, was like, wow, first it's brilliant, but wow, how did you actually think of that? <laughs> let's go there.
1: Um, well, so, so again, with, with Unicorn, the, 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 the way we thought about it was, you know, I, I was talking to Carl about the, you know, the old company that I was involved with, the the, the skill-based betting platform, and we talked about the challenges with betting on yourself, In video games or just in general, like the poker effect where, you know, if you if you um, are very if you're not very good at a video game and you join this platform and you bet money on it, what happens when you lose? You know, you don't come back. And so so we talked about that and we said, like, what if we were to create a platform that 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 uh, allows you to play against people that are within your skill set? Um, and you can bet on yourself right and and that's sort of where the idea came from and then and then we you know Then we paired that with eSports and and we saw this, you know There's this massive opportunity with with these, you know, these public uh, eSports events where people can watch professional players uh, Play against each other in these big video game competitions uh, And we wanted to be the biggest bookmaker in the world for eSports right. So so that's what we set out to do and that's where we are now. We're we're, we're, we're the biggest brand in the space we won Esports Operator of the Year last year from uh, like for 2019 from um, um, EGR, which, you know, is a huge, um, you know, magazine for, for the gambling business. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think we've achieved most of our goals at this point. Um, you know, we, 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 we still have challenges. I mean, this, this pandemic isn't helping us in any way. Um, you know, we have regulatory challenges like everybody else, but we're dealing with them. Um, you know, and, and the cryptocurrency space is tough because, you know, customers are still not there yet. It's still hard to use. we got to make it easier. we got to make it more accessible and things like that.
0: For sure, for sure. I mean, again, uh, so when you first started, and that always uh, puzzles me when I was listening to some of your other podcasts, uh, betting against yourself or betting on you, on yourself, um, how does that work? How do you bet on yourself?
1: So yeah, you connect your favorite video game to the platform, like Fortnite or say League of Legends or Dota, and when you connect it, um, Unicorn puts odds on you. Um, So in in other words, you don't have to bet against me; you bet on yourself. And uh, and we um, we 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 basically let you bet on yourself. We give you odds, and you can do it 24 hours a day.
0: Right, but uh, if you I mean again, this is where my head is still scrambling a bit here. Maybe it's still early in the morning. Um, can I not manipulate that if I'm betting on myself?
1: No, you you can't because we're 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 not we're not changing the game data at all. Um, and you're basically you know the, the the game that you're playing is setting up the the uh, matchmaking for you. The only way that you could potentially game the system is if you have someone else sit in your seat and play for you. But we we'll know. I mean that's what we do best, right? We're a gambling company. We we do. You know, we we look at data and anomalies, and we make quick decisions. So we'll know, and and then if we find out, which we will, um, you know, we can ban your account for life, and you can't come back, even Got if it. you try your name, like because we know who love, you are.
0: That. It's amazing. Uh, now, in terms of your business, now what what would be larger uh, betting on the big esports games and you know big tournaments around the world, or people doing this uh, like you said uh, betting on yourself? Uh, what what would, what's the larger uh, part it, of the business? It's kind now?
1: of both. It's a mix. You know, people come to the platform and they bet on all sorts of stuff. So you know, sometimes they, they might just bet on themselves in a in a game, or um, or, or they might uh, bet on a professional tournament. I mean, if you come to unicorn.com, you can see pretty much what we do. Um, you know, we've got, um, you mode where you can bet on yourself. We have money match where you can bet against friends. Uh, and then we have, uh, rewards. Um, we also have these professional tournaments that people can, you know, uh, watch and, and participate and bet on. It's really, it's a really, really neat system.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, yeah. I've seen it uh, now. Who are your competitors right now? Is it, um, traditional gaming companies who are now going, Hey, we, we gotta be in that space too, or who, who do you really compete with?
1: Yeah, I, I would say it's traditional, you know, gambling companies that, that want to get into the space. Um, it's uh, it's it's the old guard, you know, and the casinos who who want to protect their their slot machine business, which is a, really a joke, uh, to be honest with you. It's a dying business. And, you know, they they, they they've taken um, they've taken every step to sort of protect that business and and and, uh, and and not innovate, unfortunately. And now with this pandemic, they they have to shut down their you know, their, their physical spaces and they don't have a digital strategy. It's, it's insane. And, you know, we've been pushing them to, to, to partner with us for years. And yeah, although we have worked with casino operators, you know, the, 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 level of innovation that they need to do to keep up is just, it's, it's, it's crazy. So they, they've got a lot of work to do to get there. Right. Um, but, but in any case, you know, so, so we created this, uh, you know, the, the this site and, um, and we have all of these different features and it's, uh, it's been, it's been, it's been great. So and,
0: yeah. and when you launched first, uh, wh- which part of the world did you really launch in? Because U.S. of course has crazy regulations in the space. Uh, did you? Wh- where did you guys start?
1: So uh, we we launched uh, in uh, Australia and the U.K. originally with our, w- one of our investors at Tabcorp's licenses. Um, and then when we went from there, we we kind of got our own license eventually, and now we're in about forty countries. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was quite a run, you know, when we first started. Mm. Um, and uh but since then you know we've grown to, to 40 countries we operate our skill betting in the US um and uh yeah it's been good um you know it, it's been it's been interesting to see us go from two countries to 40 countries i think probably our biggest challenge now is dealing with languages and you know uh localization and things like that i mean these are these are probably good problems to have but yeah
0: yep that's uh, exactly that's a great problem to have and i guess you need a license for each market um or you have some sort of a you know there's some global regulation
1: so yeah we have a license in uh well we have a, a an international gaming license yeah. um for the uh for this for u-mode we don't technically need a license actually because it's a skill okay. um So, you know, our our skill-based products, our U-Mode and our Money Match don't need licenses. Um, Where where we need licenses is on the esports betting. And in the U.S., you have to be regulated state by state. And that's something that we continue to work on. So, yeah. Um,
0: Globally, what, you're sitting in Malta or you have a license from one of those places? uh,
1: In in the Isle of Man. Isle of Man. I've got it.
0: Okay. Um, Now... Obviously, e-gaming is getting bigger and bigger, um, and then esports, which is the professional part of it, uh, is is you know growing as well. Um, how do you guys work within the ecosystem? Are you supporting you know um, more events, or which angle do you really come from?
1: Um, so, how do we support e like esports like the yeah? How do you yeah exactly? Because the more
0: I guess these events are better. You know, are you sponsoring these things like the way no, you know I mean, e- betting I mean, some... companies do sports?
1: Yeah. So sometimes we do. Sometimes we actually run our own tournaments and we invite the top teams to come and play and we, we set odds on them. Uh, mm-hmm. We actually have our own online tournament platform to do that. Uh, so, so sometimes we just take on odds from you know major tournaments that are happening. So right now, if you logged into Unicorn, you'd see there's different types of betting. There's uh, the best of you know uh, uh, tournaments. Which um which are running now. There's one uh Rainbow Six tournament that's happening right now in a in a front of about twenty thousand viewers on one channel. Mm-hmm. Um and taking bets on that. Um, you know, and you can see the live odds. People can watch the match as they go and they can place live live odd betting uh while it's going. Um and you know, I guess what's cool about that is in a world with no sports, you've got esports, nice. right? And you you can bet on esports. We we also do sports betting actually. So so we introduced sports betting because a lot of our customers wanted access to be able to bet on sports as well. Okay. So they wanted to parlay on, you know, on an esport as well as a professional sport. Um, you can only do that on the Unicorn platform. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And is and is that a separate license again or you that that all not um, yeah.
1: so, so so sports betting is is just the same as esports betting. Um, it's 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 considered a sport. Got it. Got
0: and uh, so right now, what would be your, your number one market in the world where, where you have the biggest, you know, followers and, and, or spenders.
1: Man, I, I, it's hard to say like, you know, you gotta, you gotta remember we, we break down our product into different, um, you know, different things. So we have our skill betting and we have our spectator betting, mm. um, you know, a, a, across Europe, spectator betting is pretty popular, uh, in, you know, in, in, in places in Asia and the U S the skill betting is just nuts. It's, it's very, very popular. um, some of these esports events are popular in asia we operate in latin america as well so mm-hmm. it, it just you know all, all of the markets are uh, are different uh, depending on the game that we offer but um but you know esports generally is just growing globally so absolutely yeah,
0: yeah no definitely i mean I, I, and that's why we're in it too um but yeah and and of course here in asia it is massive but uh, asia also is very much a, a mobile driven game so uh the games you're betting on—is it you also with betting on mobile, uh, the mobile games, or is it more the PC and, and console games?
1: No, we 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 support mobile as well. So we actually let you play some mobile games and bet on yourself on mobile. So you, you can decide what you want to play, like Fortnite, for example. We'll let you connect any platform to the platform and bet on yourself. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I mean, I have to
0: say it's, it's genius. Really, I, I love you know you guys are in such an amazing spot there. Um, now, and I love the name unicorn. So, how close are you, or are you a unicorn already?
1: Uh, well, I, you know, I, I would say at one point we probably were. You know, the the uh, the, the the crypto market is pretty crazy. Um, the, the, the the pandemic is has not made it uh, any easier on us. Um, you know, when you think about all of these casino operators, they're now calling us to partner with us, but they furloughed ninety five percent of their staff. So, mm. you know, so there's not much that they can do. Um, it's pretty ridiculous, um, you know. So at the moment, we're we're growing our digital business, um, and we're you know we're optimizing the business as much as we can. We're just waiting for things to reopen. So yeah, hmm.
0: yeah, and that, that's maybe a good uh, topic to go for a minute. Um, with the crisis, things have shut down, but we all, everyone knows e-gaming is you know going crazy. People are obviously having more time and spend spending time at home and playing. Um, and even the you know professional side still has happened, it's less you know in a in a in a ver- in a real world, but you know virtually it's still out there. So you would assume that was kind of in your favor, um, but you sort of keep saying that it wasn't as much. So you know what, what? You know you guys didn't see a big uptick on the back of it
1: on on the back of the of pandemic?
0: The, yeah, the pandemic. Oh,
1: uh, of course. Yeah, we, we definitely did. Um, we, we saw a, uh, you know, we, we saw a huge um, uptick in deposits and things like that. So, yes, without question, we did. Where, where, where we saw a drop was in, you know, uh, um, sporting events, clearly. Um, and, and just generally, we've been trying to onboard, you know, regular sports customers onto eSports. Um, so, so we've had some, you know, technical stuff that we're building on. Um, we've had some, you know, in terms of scaling the business and things like that. Um, We're we're dealing with optimizing the platform as much as we possibly can. Um, But, you know, we also had some some stuff, some partnerships we were working on that have been kind of delayed because of the pandemic. So, you know, it's it's everybody has their challenges. I mean, I, I must say, being in our in the business that we're in. You know, we're fortunate uh, to be where we are in terms of the, you know, the, the growth of the brand and the, and, and the growth of the platform. We didn't expect to grow, you know, on the basis of a pandemic. So that's, you know, that's unfortunate, but it is what it is. So, yeah.
0: Mm. Now, your odds, you, you, this is AI driven or because, you know, I, I, we work with bookmakers in the past as well. And, and there's, of course, a very sophisticated system behind it, how you price traditional sports. How do you do this in the esports world?
1: Yeah, so um, so we, we we do. We, we actually have AI uh, bots that, that do a lot of the trading. So, for example, we have this thing called streamer betting where you can watch your favorite streamer on Twitch or Mixer on the platform and bet on them live. Um, may, maybe not Mixer anymore now that Microsoft's shutting down Mixer. But, um, but the, the point is you can watch streamers on Twitch and you can bet on them and all of the odds are being handled by AI trading bots. It's pretty cool um and then you know and then we have um we have uh uh you know live sporting events or or live esports events that people can watch uh and place bets on those um and you know s- s- some of it is handled by real people some of it is handled by computers um and uh, and then we have virtual uh betting uh you know virtual esports which is all handled by uh you know computers uh, and servers and things like that so it's been uh, it's been really neat. Like you know, we've been we've been running this thing for six years now, and I'd say our technology is probably two to three years ahead of anyone else in the space. Wow, awesome!
0: And now, um, if I want to bet on a on an esports game, what am I betting on? Just winning, losing, or is there more? You know, sort of in-game in-game opportunities as well.
1: Yeah, there's there's live in-game opportunities. You know, you're you're there, there's different handicap markets you can bet on. You know, um, there's all sorts of things that you can bet on in an esports match. It's it's similar to watching a you know a game of football or something and betting on interception on a play-by-play or right. you know that yeah. sort of thing so yeah no you, you can you can bet on all sorts of stuff and it, it really depends on the game um sure. but yeah um you know we, there's there's lots of live betting markets we call them exotic markets um you know and and it's things like uh who's gonna win map two or you know w- what what handicap markets you want to bet on or what special markets like you know, who's going to stay on the field and as who's going to get the first kill, you know, what's the correct score going to be, that type right. of thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. And I mean, we, as I said, we've we spent some time here in Asia um, in the betting world uh, many years ago. We helped set up some of the uh, big bookmakers when when they all went digital, Ladbrokes, uh, etc. Uh, it's just a fascinating world. Uh, and of course, Asia is just crazy. People love betting here on stuff. So um, is Asia, you mentioned it earlier, I think already, it uh, is, I guess, a large part um, of your business or where would that currently rank? Uh, in it is, general?
1: It is, it is definitely a large part of the business. The only thing is we, we've done a uh, you know, we've, we're a startup, right? So we have so many, we only have so many resources. We haven't done a good job of localization yet. Um, right. You know, localization in Asia is not just about language. It's about, you know, like how people like to bet and what they Correct. can bet on, things like that um it's it's super interesting to see how you know how our business grows as we as we change some of the local as we optimize for localization and things like that it's pretty incredible um but yeah it is a uh, you know it, it's it's something that we we do we we um you know as we optimize the business as we localize in a specific market uh you know we, we notice a big uptick so yeah.
0: so how many languages are you right now on the platform
1: um so it's uh, uh probably three or four, three or four at the moment, four. Um okay. but it again, like I said, it's not just about language, it's also about behavior. Um yes, absolutely. And, and, and we we haven't really done a you know, we haven't focused enough on specific behaviors in specific markets yet. We're just not there yet. We have we have so much more that we need to do to, to get there. I mean, I guess if we had unlimited money, we'd we'd get there, you know, a lot quicker. But yeah,
0: (laughs) but and I and I think you mentioned before you only raised uh, some sort of uh, equity round uh, at the very beginning there, ten million or so, and then you raised thirty million in uh, with the uh, with the with the ICO. I guess Um, that's been it, right? That you have not been raising any other money, so the business is profitable and and just spinning up uh,
1: cash. So, so, so the business is—it's um, it's not profitable in the sense that we're still, you know, we're, we are generating revenue, no doubt. But we we also have high development costs. You know, we've got server costs. We have people around the world. We have a, a big compliance team in in the Isle of Man. Uh, you know, most of our most of our uh, manager team sits in Sydney, Australia. Most of our devs are in Germany and Croatia. Um, we have a pretty pretty uh, significant, you know, people. Um, budget. We've got some really, really good people. We have people in New York, Las Vegas, Seattle, you know, and all these other countries around the world. Um, so, so we're sort of at the point where we're building. Uh, mm. We're building the company to scale, and um, and I, I would expect us to be, you know, uh, profitable w- within the next year. Um, but you know, it's 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 hard to say. It depends on yeah you know, how how many more things that we go after. Like as we add new new you know, new products, we go after sports and things like that, the marketing costs are high, Um, you know, uh, but we're, we're, we're a software company that uh, happens to, you know, be building an amazing business around, you know, regulated business around regulated gambling and sports. We're building the future of digital gambling. That's what we're doing. Um, And and so we, we need to spend money to do that. But I think we've attracted some really big brands to us, um, I, I, I think this is going to be a, you know, a, a pretty, uh, a very important company in the space. There's no doubt in my mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I love that. Um, and, uh, you know, well, are we planning to raise some more to, you know, have more firepower or that's really just trying to build it more organically?
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think we're, we're, we, we have a number of opportunities that have presented themselves to us since we since this pandemic started, uh, to be quite frank. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do with them. You know, C- Carl is dealing with it uh, right now. Um, there's been a lot of opportunities that have presented itself. Um, we just, we just need to make the right decision. Uh, you know, the reason I'm hesitant to answer this is we, we don't want it the same mistake that happened to us before where, you, you know, we, we brought on a lead investor in our series A and, um, you know, we haven't really spoken to those guys because they're, their fund blew up uh, and it blew up because of bad behavior within their fund. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we got transferred to another, you know, um, group, their LPs moved us over and and this group doesn't really know a lot about our business. I mean, they're great people, uh, but you know, we, we need, we need, we need investors that really understand the space that can help us build and grow. So we're very careful about this.
0: Got it. Yep. Uh, I know <laughs> being careful about bringing the right investors in. Um, now, let, let, just for a minute, uh, let's talk about the ecosystem, right? I mean, you've been a—you mentioned uh, you've been a gamer your whole life, um, and on the back of it, of course, built uh, you know incredible computers and, and your first brand. Um, how do you see the interplay right now? But publishers, the teams, you know, the platforms, and, and yourself there uh you know just just talk us a bit through that uh, you know there's so many facets to it you know some people are betting on teams of course meaning as in investing in teams because they believe that's where the future is i believe the future really still you know, the power sits with the publishers in many ways or you know of course twitch is very powerful how do you guys you know how do you see all that coming together and and how do you play with all those you know components
1: well look you know you're talking about different things let's talk about the publishers first when we yes. first started this business um You know, many of the publishers were were hesitant. uh, Some of them were, you know, totally against what we were doing. uh, But but and some of them were open to it. But Mm -hmm. but now more and more of them are open to it. Um, You know, more publishers are realizing that there's an opportunity here. Gamers are getting older. They're not just 12 year old kids. You know, I'm in my mid 40s and I play games every day. Um, You know, Carl, my my business partner just turned 40. Happy birthday, Carl. (laughs) He plays video games. He also bets. So, you know, the, the market is definitely changing uh, and it's getting older, um, you know, and uh, it's also it's, it's also expanding in both directions. So this is a huge opportunity for game publishers to get on board now. And then at the same time, you know, in the gambling space, uh, things are changing quite a bit. You know, as I mentioned, these casino operators are kind of in trouble now. Uh, and now they're thinking about the future of digital, you know, like their digital offerings uh, and they see esports as this huge opportunity. And. You know, quite honestly, we're, we're the brand. We're, we're the company for esports. They, you know, anybody who wants to get into it should be calling us. Yeah. So we built a um, we built a B2B offering, uh, you know, an offering to sell directly to businesses. And it's been it's been really good. Yeah. Uh,
0: quick question. Then. Do you need the uh, approval of the publishers to, you know, uh, price up their games or you can do this without, uh, you know, having a deal with them?
1: No, not not at all. Uh, you know, this is sort of um, public domain stuff that we can take bets on. So it's been, uh, you know, it's just it's just like if you're if you're placing a bet on a sport, you know, like the NBA or something, you don't need the NBA uh, unless you're using the NBA assets, you know, in your sure. marketing. Like that. So, yeah, but you
0: would be right. I mean, if you have to use their logo and their trademark in some fashion to to price it up. No.
1: No, t- technically not, I mean, look if we're broadcasting something that's being broadcast on Twitch and we're taking bets on it or if we're just taking bets on something you, we we don't use their logos um, okay. you, know, okay.
0: not, you, you don't you
1: won't you won't see us using their their brand assets or things like that. I mean everything we do is is created by us. Uh, it may look similar um you know in some ways, but for example, if we're if we're rebroadcasting an event, we're just taking the feed and broadcasting it. Uh, so, no, we we don't. But we do have very good relationships with the publishers. Um, you know, we, we have partnerships with them in that we create content with them. Uh, you know, we, we have our own writers that go to events and interview players and things like that. And we also give feedback to the tournament hosts if there's um, something funny going on. So, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah interesting. Because the, and that is a big difference, I guess, to the real world. Right? The, the real world, you do, if you're trying to take the feet you know, of traditional sports, you have to pay for it, right? And that's where Perform and other, you know, players IMG uh, created these companies, which you know pro- provide the the OTT feed into into gaming companies. So I guess because in the in the e-gaming space, it's already free anyway, or right? a lot of it is free on Twitch and other players' phones, um, It allows you to pull the feed in, I guess, and, and let people bet on it, right? That's I guess how you guys are doing it, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm, very interesting. So how do you work with teams, you know, or or the big stars of the game, you know? Um, we
1: typically, I mean, look, we started a couple of teams. Um, you know, we started BIG, which is you know one of the more successful CS:GO teams. Um, They're based in Germany. Uh, we we had an ownership stake in them that we that were were we recently um, liquidated or are in the process of liquidating. Um, we, uh, we started an all-goal CSGO team at one point in time. We've, we've sponsored teams before. Um, so we're sort of just uh, experimenting there. You know, the, the team business is tough because we're, you know, it's not our core. Uh, and we're not used to sort of managing you know, team houses and things like that. Um, and then when it comes to tournaments, we sponsor tournaments. You know, we, we've done that type of work um, and we continue to do that. So we, we like to give back to the ecosystem and help out where we can. Um and, you know, I, maybe over time we'll start another team. I, I don't know yet.
0: Hmm. Is there a conflict of interest with, when you have a team and, and so, people can bet on it?
1: No, it's it's, it's like, uh, you know, they, they, they do this in Premier League a lot. You know, you'll see betting operators that own teams or have, you know, big stakes in teams. Um, you know, we, we, we handle ourselves, uh, you know, why dealing with our regulator, we handle ourselves differently. So when we own BIG, we never took bets on them, for example. Yeah, okay. um, you know, so... Uh, it's not that we have to do that because we're, you know, internally we separate our, our, our marketing, uh, from our, um, you know, our odds, it just completely totally different teams and they don't talk to each other. Um, but, uh, but, you know, you, you have to set up like, um, internal disciplines when you, when you do stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Always, it can always be conflict of interest. Like for example, if we, if we, um, you know, if a streamer comes on our platform and wants to be, you know, wants to be sponsored, Uh, and we're taking bets on that streamer we we can't let new customers who are recommended by that streamer bet on that streamer for example on our platform right right? yeah Yeah.
0: and and i think that's the big difference really um i don't actually believe any gaming company owns stakes in teams um they are a a big sponsor and of course you see them all over premier league jerseys and and god knows what so uh, but they don't really own the teams um and that's where you like i said right sponsoring that and supporting whether it's teams streamers or or other influencers that would make a whole lot of sense to me because clearly that's where you get your eyeballs and, and, and new customers in there. Um, and I don't see any real conflict there. But uh, it's an interesting one of what you mentioned that if, if an influencer brings customers in um, that you – so if you're saying so if an influencer brings a customer in, you the customer is not allowed to bet on that influencer?
1: Yeah. So so, um, so what happens is – that no, no. If an influencer brings a customer in, the customer can bet on the influencer, but the influencer doesn't get commission on that customer. Oh, ah, right. Gotcha. Right?
0: Okay so you don't have an affiliate program with influencers.
1: We do uh, so so we let influencers become affiliates but not for their own stream. So for example yeah, if if yeah. A, if somebody streams on our platform and they want to you know they they want to be a, you know an influencer and get a get a uh, like an affiliate type deal we'll let them get an affiliate on everything else but the streaming stuff that they do.
0: Gotcha gotcha. Well, you know talk about affiliate for a minute here um, that's that was actually our role for Brooks uh, almost 15 50, 20 years ago um, where we were managing their affiliate program here in Asia um, and these were of course naturally just websites which were talking about sports and you know and maybe you know providing some input on on arts et cetera what what would be your affiliate program with in that world Do you have platforms yeah, out there
1: we, we actually have an affiliate program so you know we we, we cut we cut people in on uh you know on customers that they bring to the platform. Um that's just it's 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 like any big operator. The affiliate business is a big deal. Mm. Uh, the difference between us and them is, you know, we've got a, a much broader offering. Um, you know, besides sports, we're, you know, we have a very, very uh broad esports offering the most breadth in the world on esports. We're the most comprehensive platform for esports and video games betting in the world. Right. Nobody does streamer betting uh, nobody does virtual esports Like we created all that stuff and they certainly don't do you mode. That's, that's completely run by us. So,
0: yeah. and I yeah. heard you before talk about, um, I was it virtual horse racing, right? I think it's one of your favorite topics. Uh, tell me a bit about that.
1: Um, yeah, so we, we actually got involved with a company called Zed, um, and, um, and, 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 and what they, uh, what, what, what they do is they created a, a platform that lets you buy, um, you know, thoroughbreds online, um, and uh, and these thoroughbreds are built on blockchain, mm-hmm. um, and they are uh, they, they they allow you to sort of breed them, trade them, race them, and um, you know at some point in the near future bet on them, mm-hmm. um, and and we work with them on the development of their platform, and we continue to work with them on it. We have a you know, we, we, have a very, uh, we have a vested interest in their business. Um, it, it's like virtual horses, but the difference is that you actually own the horse, you know, and you can you can do some cool things with it. So if you have a stable, you can actually um, download their VR app and you can have your horse run around your yard, you know, walk in your kitchen. Uh, it's really cool. And, uh, um, cool. And, and so not only do you get attached to this, uh, this, this digital thoroughbred, uh, but then you get to race it and you win prize money if your horse wins a race. Um, and the value of your horse, you know, varies depending on how good it is. So,
0: mm. yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, betting on on racing or horse racing is huge, pretty much all over the world. So uh, having a digital version of that, in some sense, uh, I can see that that could become equally big. Um, it's, it's amazing. I love that. Uh, that's actually th- th- another thought just came to my mind. Um, what is the biggest game in terms of people betting on right now? The biggest esports game.
1: Um, well, I mean, you've got CSGO, you have uh, um, League of Legends, Dota. I mean, th- those are big esports events that people watch. Right. Um, th- the ones where they can bet on themselves. Fortnite is very popular. Um, you know, the sports games are popular. There's, there's a number of different games that are popular. But in terms of the top three esports, it's CSGO, Dota, and uh, League of Legends. Right. So pretty much the big games also are the big ones that people bet on.
0: I guess it's just a simple correlation there. Yeah, how how do you guys work with the Twitches and, and Steams and, and other sort of platform operators?
1: Um. So. Uh, so how, how how do we work with the pl- which platform operators Twitch? Yeah, if
0: you let's say Twitch, um, you you is there an agreement that you take the feeds in from them, or how do you how do, how does that work?
1: Twitch makes their feeds available for anybody as long as we don't modify their stream. Um, okay. You know, so we we just take their feeds in and and uh, broadcast their stream. But we don't modify it. We don't do anything to it. Right, right. So you
0: just uh, right. There's a friendly relationship right there. I guess you're feeding off each yeah. other there. Yeah. That's absolutely. Very cool. Um, Rahul, this is really cool stuff. I, I love it. That's. Uh, I want to go a little bit into. You know, you've been an entrepreneur pretty much your whole life, right out of high school, which is which is amazing in itself already. You know, if you would pick, you know, a couple of things of what worked for you, what are the successful parts which you could share with someone who maybe literally coming out of high school or college um, or is just starting, uh, you know, if you were, you know, go back, uh, whatever, 20 years ago.
1: Yeah. So look, you know, the, the thing that worked for me was just finding something I like to do and doing it right. It wasn't about money. Um, you know, I think the minute you make it about money, it's when when you probably will fail. Um, so, you know, so we, you know, I just wanted to do something that I like to do. I like to play games. I like computers, you know, that was it. Um, mm-hmm. with, with unicorn, it was kind of the same idea. I like to bet on sports and, you know, and I like video games, um, you know, saw an opportunity there and, and went after it. Um, and it, it turned out to be a, a pretty good bet so far. So, um, so I don't know. I I feel like any entrepreneur should should go out and and do something that they like to do, but they should validate it first and make sure that it, there's an opportunity there. Right.
0: Well, that's that's very good advice. Um, now let's flip it the other way around. Where do you what what where do you saw failures? Where are things which didn't work? Um, you kind of alluded maybe a little bit with voodoo that uh, you know there's things which maybe your shareholders ended up you know making you do.
1: I've seen failures everywhere. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I I think um. You know, you have to experiment and you have to make changes quickly. Um, you know, it's it's a uh, it's 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 tough to be in a space and not not adapt to change uh, as quickly as as you can. Um, you know, if if you if you see a problem with your business, you need to fix it as quickly as you can. You know, we've had we've had issues with the uh, you know in some of our business where. Um, you know, we're, we're dealing in a highly regulated space and in the gambling space, the regulators know who we are and they know what we do. And that's great. But in the crypto part of the business, it's challenging. You know, there's, there's not a lot of regulatory clarity there and, you know, we've had some hits and misses and, you know, we're, we're constantly dealing with that. Um, but, but the bottom line is I've had, uh, you know, I, I would say that you have to learn quickly, you know, from your mistakes and, and adapt as quickly as possible. Otherwise, you know, you can lose the business. Um, you know, you can make some some serious errors along the way. Um, you know, we have made mistakes. We've made mistakes on products. You know, we've made assumptions that were probably wrong. Uh, but, you know, we've learned quickly and we've adapted quickly. So, yeah.
0: I mean, you know, obviously you've been involved in many businesses, um, you, know, in, you know, advisor or, you know, I guess as a mentor with Microsoft, etc. You know, what would sort of, uh, you know, what was the biggest, what's the biggest failure you would put, uh, you know, you you've, you know, the biggest lessons you've learned um, with any of the companies you've been involved in?
1: Um, well, you know, I, I think probably the, 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 the biggest lessons I got were, from Microsoft mostly, you know, and that was about going into an existing business with a large team and trying to find ways to lead people within a large organization that you don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, and that requires a a great deal of empathy. Um, you know, and that's something that we've, um, we've been, you you know, that that we learn that as entrepreneurs, you don't learn that right away. You know, you think that, you know, everything and, you know, um, (laughs) uh, and, and you don't. Um, so, You know, so I I think I I had a lot of really great learning experiences at my time at Microsoft. It was awesome.
0: Uh, Yeah, Yeah. I can imagine. I mean, I've I've never worked for a large company like that, so uh, I wouldn't know. But uh, I can imagine there's a lot of. uh, I guess uh, you have to be a bit humble, right, to uh, to get uh, people to move in in certain directions. There, Uh, very interesting. Now to to sort of wrap it up, and and I really love this. It was a great deep dive into the world of in your world of into your world here um, of esports and e gaming. Um, where do you see the the intersection here between traditional sports, which, like you said, you like uh, betting on as well, and esports? Um, where does it maybe in your mind merge, and or you know how the, how these uh, two genres complement or or uh, compete with each other?
1: Um, so um, so what, 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 where I see um, traditional sports and esports coming together, um, I, I I think I think that look, this pandemic is really going to change things where traditional sports will think about using technology to enhance their viewing experience. I think the, 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 the stadiums are, are, are going to have a problem. Um, you know, if, if you, if you think you can just go back to stadiums in a couple of months and watch games, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I see a day where traditional sports start to adopt things like, you know, camera technology and VR and AR and, you know, make the viewing experiences really immersive from from different locations. Right. You know that type of thing. I also see esports getting more physical. You know, where where you can you can actually play video games live. You know, like like uh, laser tag for adults. You know, run around an arena. Mm-hmm. You know, two people in bed. Like it's uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's. So I, I see a merger of the two. Uh, this right. is just like uh, you know the future of entertainment. Wheres the future of entertainment going? And mm-hmm. what are you going to do to create wagering experiences around that? And that's what that's what unicorn does every day.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah would I would have some interesting discussion with Carl about VR right now, uh, which equally, I believe that is such a huge opportunity for sports, and of course eSports as well. Um, how you take traditional sports and then you know turning it into avatars where you would fight against you know mike Tyson's you know and all whatever so i, I think uh, it's an amazing space and of course you know wagering is is always all around there so i think you guys are in a very very sweet spot there and uh i can't wait and watch uh, and of course you know working with carl on some other projects uh, I'll, I'll be you know watching it quite from the close distance up here so Thank you so much for your time, Rahul. There, um, uh, you have a great evening in Seattle. Um, get yourself, a, I guess, a coffee there, <laughs> whatever you get there. <laughs> no problem. Thanks. Uh, yeah,
1: thanks for having me. It was fun. And yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, if you have any this. other questions or anything, let me know. And if anyone wants to see what we do, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Rahul Sud. Um, and you can also find Unicorn at, at UNIKRNCO, Unicorn Co.
0: Yeah, like I guess I love that name. Yeah, whoever came up with it, that was brilliant. Uh, <laughs> and and I know heat. you guys will be unicorn uh, if, very soon again. There, so thank you so much, Raúl. Um, and we'll catch up again soon. Take care. See ya.
1: you. Bye-bye.
0: The Sports Entrepreneurs by Marcus Luer Podcasts are a collection of interviews and stories. All content in this podcast is the copyright of Marcus Luer. Reproduction and distribution of the presentation without written permission of the owner is prohibited. All rights reserved.